Hey. Alright, so, um, you know how there's a sphere of annihilation? Yeah. And it's basically just, like, a black hole? Yeah. So, like, what would happen if you put one of those at the bottom of the ocean? Would That's it just, a like, good question. Would it just get I rid mean, of all the water? I guess. Technically. Fishermen are going to have a rough time. What happens if you put a sphere of annihilation with another sphere of annihilation? I feel uh, like one of them has got to get annihilated. Yeah. What if it just Possibly becomes a bigger both. sphere? What if you put a sphere of annihilation in the elemental plane of water? Infinite water meets black hole. Well, you could do that in the in the material plane too. What happens to all the air if you just keep it there forever? Uh, it's got to go somewhere, probably. I know, I know. Why don't you guys go sit down at the bottom of the ocean with that and tell me what happens? Report Damn. back to me. All right. Hey, we can't do that. We drown. What about a pirate? I see what you're trying to do. Um, Wait a minute. <laughs> you want us to get annihilated? <laughs> I'm you not falling throw... for that one again. I'll let you throw a, a, a you know, I'll let you roll for a save. We'll see what happens. <laughs> oh no, we're done for. You're going to give me a sphere of annihilation. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, me. welcome back. Uh, the insanity has not stopped. In case you thought that was going to happen, it's never going to happen. And I let these uh, these four in with uh, their imagination, and the world just gets tossed around. But welcome back, everybody. Thanks for coming in one more time. Uh, and for our new listeners, uh, welcome. Uh, sit back. Uh, you're in for a ride. We've uh, we've got uh, some interesting stuff that we share each week, and uh, we have a great time here. So uh, let's do roll call like we always do. Um, this time, I'm not starting with Clay. I'm going to start with Bree. We should have done this all. <laughs> always the, the, the sweet, cute woman goes first. All the ugly dudes go last. I'll Aww. be the very last. I'll be the very last. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that hit. How about the, the? I think we have Clay today. Unless he, he, I think well, uh, my my spot's maybe? been usurped. I don't know if we have Clay anymore. <laughs> and we have Joey. Hey. And we have Ryan. Hello. And as usual, uh, I think the last couple episodes I forgot uh, again. My name's Kevin. I don't know why I don't introduce myself. Apparently, it doesn't matter, and that's fine. <laughs> You do I'm matter. good with that. You matter. I can uh, you matter. <laughs> I'm just here to open the booth and turn the recording on. And I don't even get to do that anymore. That that <laughs> wah, has even wah. been taken away from me, so that's okay. Um, so what do we have for this week? Who do we, uh, who do we have that wants to jump in and go first? Well, as we usual, want... I know that Joey has a lot to say. Too much. Man. Too much to say, as a matter I'll of have fact. Things to say. If you get me started, I'll never stop. I'm just warning. So we won't get you started then. Um, uh, so, <laughs> so I had a, I actually had an interesting topic brought up to me. Um, I was reminded through a lot of complaints uh, by players online who are very salty with their DMs uh, that TPKs are a thing. Uh, and for those of you that don't know the uh, acronym, TPK stands for uh, Total Player Kill. Uh, that's when everybody in the party dies. They're all dead. Oh. Um, so let's just, I want to go around. We have, you know, me, Bree, and Joey who have not DM'd our own campaigns. We're just players. And we have 
Ryan and Kevin, who have both done DMing and playing. How do you guys feel about just TPK as a concept? Do you feel like that defeats the purpose of the game if everybody could just get wiped out at once? Or do you think that that's part of telling the story is that that's always on the back, you know, that it could happen? I think it's part of the story. Because, yeah. like, like if, if it's not forced, like, if, like, the DM doesn't get bored and just like, I want to do a new story, which happens sometimes, sadly. <laughs> um, I think it's fine, because most often, it's probably the player's fault. <laughs> Are you victim-blaming the players right now? I am 100% victim-blaming. As someone who was almost TPK'd, it was 100% our fault. <laughs> okay. We, uh... He takes responsibility, Clay. What a guy. We were... Yeah, yeah. See, I admit my mistakes. I know I was wrong, and I'll never forget Olhar. <laughs> uh, Rest in peace. Yeah. Rest in peace, Olhar. Still you know? composing in that swamp somewhere. 100%. There was a uh, a dragon that we shouldn't have been fighting, but we fought one already, and we beat it because we had an army. And we were like, you know what? That was easy. Let's go get another one. That's supposed to be harder. You know, oh, no. and it was a dragon of death. So that that should have been our first warning. I think and we'll only take one third of the army. We only take one third of the army. The one third that did the least, I believe. Yeah. What could go wrong? So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, I think within two turns, or within one turn, everyone but, uh, I think everyone dropped but me as a cleric. So I brought most the party back and some of the play, and some of the NPCs. And uh, we ran. But we couldn't <laughs> run quick enough. I'm also pretty sure the only reason you didn't die was because you had, what was it, Death Ward on? No, I had um, oh, one of those dumb... Cleric spells, you know, one of those cleric spells. Oh, yeah, that one, uh, it's like Shield of Faith or something like that. Not Shield of Faith, but um, oh, I can't yeah. remember it, but it, it just okay. gives you advantage on decks and everyone, uh, temp HP. But it's that, like a, that's what it was, that's right, yeah. So I, I was able to pass and I had enough health to survive barely, and I cast like mass healing, um, healing word, I think it was, yeah, and I was a I was a nature cleric at that point. Never mind. <laughs> uh, so yeah, cool. and then we ran, and then our paladin rolled two nat twenties when hiding with <laughs> with disadvantage. I get the feeling you could talk about this one session that you had with this death dragon for a we quite talk long about time. it. And I feel like <laughs> someone else I'm a, I'm in this podcast down. was the DM. What? Who? Oh, you know. Who? What? What? Wait, were ominous. you not the DM, Ryan? <laughs> no, I was. No, uh -oh. Yeah. Yeah. And it was he he gave us warnings like, are you sure? Nothing like <laughs> are you sure? And out of game warnings. Yeah. Ryan was like, now we got this. They made their oh, own cool. Discord server to go plan about this encounter that they had no idea what they were walking into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like I think it was like four sentences and like that was it. Okay. Was, yeah. Well, um, not yeah. to uh, derail too much, because yep, I, I absolutely love that. hearing about you destroy your party. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go ahead and say that you, even though you've almost been a victim of it due to your own, shall we say, short-sightedness, you're in favor of the TPK. Yeah. I mean, okay. I also think it like, adds a bit of realism, too. Like, it's like, it does. Yeah. I think sure, Joey okay. learns from his mistakes, so he knows That's now. a bold claim. I <laughs> monk on the first altar before I pee, so... Okay. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, uh, what about 
free. You you haven't uh, been in very many campaigns, so it's actually a fresh look at it. How would you feel if all of us in our campaign just died? We just got nuked. We got nuked. Mm. Well, I would <laughs> I would feel like a it would be the DM's way of maybe trying to take a break from or not or yeah just trying to create another story not take a break just ending us we may have done something we may have you know gone completely off the rails and away from the story anyway and it's just like you know what i i don't even care just bye fine you don't like the story you're not following it fine i think that's that's i don't know that's how i would take it or you know let's just do something else everyone's bored let's just do something else Okay. That's what I, I don't know, that's, I wouldn't take it personally, I'm like, okay, well, all right, good. Well, just gonna be the character. <laughs> you said you should. Yeah, everybody yeah. knows every single TPK is just an act of DM vengeance. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I think you know when you're PK, walking down the street and all of a sudden, meteor. I was either bad and I should feel bad, or, <laughs> I don't know, we're just improvising. Yeah, there's always, like, the sad part of, like, losing a character, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. and and from a DM's point of view, yeah. I mean, if that is truly what they're doing and they're just ending the story because you're either not, you're not, you know, engaging and you're not doing what he feels or she feels is, you know, doing enough to be in the game, then, you know, that's pretty sad if they do that. But I mean, I do agree with Ryan. There's got to be some kind of element of danger. Um, I don't know that uh, in a, com- <laughs> a complete party kill is the way to do it but um but like he said you know he gave them options and you know he gave them information even outside of the game you know, it's like, are you sure are you sure are you sure, um, you're sure? but if In no you, way was that Ryan's fault well and that's what i'm gonna say <laughs> if, if you are a, if you're playing your character and that your character is and it doesn't even have to be like a you know a knucklehead. I mean, if it's just a character is very devout in whatever they're doing, and that's just the way that their character would be. Um, I've made references to when you know I knew my character was a goner uh, outside of the game, but I said no, that's the way I'm going to play. If you do that, and all the characters are doing that, it just happens to be a kill. Uh, you know, I mean, it's really hard for the DM because now he's going, oh, great. Now I got to start all over. You know, I've got Now I've got new characters, new problems, new issues. I finally got this, you know, crazy bunch figured out, you know, and I mean, so now you're starting fresh. Um, maybe not the, the best thing to do, but you do have to have that, that, you know, that expectation that you could die. You know, your character, you know, if they do something dumb or if they just end up, you know, over their heads, I mean, you know, really poor roles. That's that's kind of when, you know, the, the DM, you know, does he pull back and, you know, fudge a little to, you know, so that it's not a complete party kill. And, you know, you drag in fingers or toes or whatever you have left back and trying to get them resurrected at some point, you know. I mean, if you have high level characters, I think it's... uh it's more intense. You put much more into them. You vested time. You vested, you know, a lot of thought and energy into getting them where they are. I think it gets now. If you're a party, you know, first level party, second level party, and you know, you you're all killed by a you know a roving band of crazy kobolds. Okay, you know that's not so hard to take. But if you've been in a, a campaign for a while, or if you know some campaigns will start at a higher level, 
uh, you know, just to give you a little more play. Uh, sometimes I think that's tough. What do you, what, what, what do you think, Ryan? I mean, I, I don't, I don't take any pleasure in TPK. And... Sure. Um, I, I basically take the same like stance as Joey. Um, I feel like uh, TPKs, first of all, if they're intended by DM, uh, like for malicious like reasons, you know, so like, yeah, I'm just going to throw an impossible encounter at my players because I want them to lose and I want their characters to die. Like, that's awful. Don't do that. But, you know, if it happens on accident where just like an encounter was just a bit too much for them or they got unlucky, you know, it happens. Or if, um, you know, you were in my situation where you give them a bunch of warnings and you're like, hey, I'm not going to railroad you guys. You can go wherever you want. You can go fight the dragon right now if you want to. But like you will die if you do it. I want to go to the Valley of Death, and I want to go now. Right. <laughs> and if they continue to do that, then, you know, if you pull back and you make it so that they don't die, then, you know, you're obviously reducing the threat that is very real. Like, I, tell, I told them this is like an aspect of death. It's basically like a god in its own right. And, you know, if you fight it, you are going to die. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to go fight it anyway. If I didn't have any of them die obviously they'd be like well that wasn't really an aspect of death that thing was kind of lame yeah <laughs> so like you know there's some times where you kind of just have to do it you can't pull your punches but i agree i don't think most dms i can't speak for all of them but i don't think most dms enjoy tpks mm -hmm. uh, just the same way the players don't enjoy them it's just kind of a just like a fact of life like it happens sometimes well this it's a it's a sudden stop of the story too. I mean, yeah. you know, there are times where there was so much more that, you know, that even the party wanted to learn and, and wanted to, you know, proceed. So, right. like I said, unless the party is just, they're no longer engaging and, you know, and the DM, you know, is just looking for a way out. I think instead of doing that, just say, you know, Hey, time out guys, yeah. you don't seem to be enjoying this. Do we need to go a different route? Do you want to start a different game? You want a different DM? I mean, I think at that point you really have to get to the, you know, the down into the brass tacks and find out what's the problem. Right. You know, but yeah. I mean, I mean, if the DM, you know, seriously, if you want out, if you're a DM, just tell the players, I'm, I, I need a break. You know, I mean, I've done this for, you know, 19 years and, you know, I'm, I'm over it. Um, I mean, heck, I've had some campaigns where, you know, three three games in, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm not digging this. I, th I think I want out. Mm. I understand. But I think it's tough, you know, based on, you know, the the information that you know that you have. And I think the players would feel kind of slighted and, you know, and hurt. Like Bree said, I think she would think that the, you know, the DM just didn't want to be, you know, in the game anymore. And I think that would be, you know, that's the way I would look at it as well. Right. Unless you see the DM is actually, you know, he's cringing as is, you know, you're doing <laughs> stupid things, you know, it's like, well, I walk up and slap the dragon in the face. Yeah, Hello. Like, well, you insult me, <laughs> dragon scales. <again. laughs> yeah. But so. I, I don't think the TPKs are like entirely necessarily bad either. Um, I think that there are ways to do it. Like you could have uh, an impossible encounter that the players are never meant to win, but they're captured instead of being killed at the end. Um, or 
in the case of my campaign where almost my entire party died except for i think two characters um it actually built a really nice like story development between those two characters they bonded over the fact that they were the only two survivors and it actually led into the next arc of my campaign where they traveled to the complete opposite side of the world so they could be as far away from that like mess that they created as possible and so i think that some good can come out of it but um you know it all depends on the intent behind it and the circumstances surrounding it well i have a question for you then um the ones that died were they then new characters on the other side of the world where you brought them back into the game right yeah yeah okay and sometimes you know i mean some characters i think you know commit suicide character suicide because they're tired of playing their you know their character and i think before you do that you talk to the dm and see if there's a way you know maybe he just write that character out and he might kill him off or you know and bring in a new character because i mean that's usually what will happen at least in the campaigns i've played and in the that i've dm'd i mean if we had a character die they you know we'd allow them to roll a new character and uh, we'd bring them in at some point somehow and uh, you know get them right back into the, the the crux of it but i don't know what do you do ryan um yeah i mean obviously it sucks when somebody loses a character but like being able to get them back in as soon as possible is generally my most preferred method usually it's just kind of like yeah this character just so happens to be in the town that you guys were headed back to after your party members just died wow isn't that convenient <laughs> okay. like for instance um joey's last character in yep. one of my campaigns um his character died when the party went down into these massive catacombs and um his new character i just wrote in as somebody that the mayor had hired to go down and check on them because they'd been in these catacombs for like three days so he basically got like right down the first staircase and then he ran into the party as they were on their way out and they were like oh well <laughs> that was the easiest like 10 gold i've earned in my entire life yeah so <laughs> yeah wow okay well now clay have you ever been in a tpk no i've never been in a tpk um okay. i i'm not certain how i feel about them um specifically for people that have been there for a long time i understand the need for character death um but you know and i think it's also fair to say that there are a lot of dms um that maybe would avoid it even if it's necessary like uh, ryan was saying if the character is being dumb uh if everyone decides to be dumb at the same time well everyone dies that's just kind of how it goes um but i do think that there does come that point where there are a lot of characters that uh just kind of choose to die not because they necessarily want to do what it is they're choosing to do but because they're done with their character and you know maybe they just feel odd bringing that up with their dm like you know hey i'm, I'm done playing this character that i've spent this long on uh, but i think it's something that uh is good to just be communicative with your dm mm-hmm. uh, on all fronts i think yeah. that's really important i agree communication between dm and players is a very important thing like as it's... As... I would say absolutely, you know, critical, especially yeah. like I said, if you're tired of playing a character, you let the DM know, just say, you know, Hey, you know, I'm just not feeling this guy anymore. I mean, I liked him, but now I just like want to try something different. 
because you don't want to, like I said, sometimes it's, um, yeah, like sometimes you start a character, you're like, I think this is gonna be fun, but it ends up like not fitting well with the story or like what your traits are like. It just like doesn't feel as fun as as you thought it'd be. Right, right, yeah. and yeah. I mean, and and sometimes you know you're playing and it's like, and it can be the the the, the group, um, you know, um, chemistry as well. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, this is a, that was a really cool character, but based on you know everybody else, I don't, you know, I'm not fitting in. You know, it's. I'm kind of, you know, like the outcast. I mean, and that can happen. I mean, you know, yeah. I hate to say it, but, you know, there can be, uh, you know, all kinds of social positioning just for the the characters. And, you know, if you want out, just, you know, tell the DM, just say, and, and I'm sure they'd be more than happy to either write you out um, or like uh, we in our campaign, Nathan is also having to take a break. Um, not only not the man behind the curtain anymore, but uh, he's not going to be able to play with us. So we have him parked and, uh, you know, and when he has time and he can come back in, we're going to bring him back in. That happens. I mean, you know, life gets in the way. So yeah, that's yeah. a great, that's, that was a really good topic to bring up, Clay. I like that. Thank that's you. That's not, not one that a lot of people think about. Um, and, you know, like I said, the DMs usually, um, if the DM, you know, likes his party, he's not going to be thinking about <laughs> it either. So of course, uh, I think you were reading my my notes for tonight's uh, campaign, but that's oh, okay. Boy. We'll we'll get into that later. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so, well, uh, let's see. We haven't made Clay really mad. That's uh, I love making Clay bad, mad. But before Who before doesn't? we do before we do that, um, last week you said you had something about a doll and uh and joey said he plays with dolls so do we joey does play out? with dolls <laughs> yes he does uh yeah we were uh, i was discussing the talking doll um but i only know i have a really rudimentary understanding of it um essentially what it is is it's a doll that you can program with certain phrases and it will repeat them but i'm not really i couldn't really figure out when or why it repeats them joey can you give me a little bit of like clarification on that um so the way the talking doll works is you can say a phrase i think x amount of words is typically how it works or time depending um and then whenever something happens you can choose when you say the phrase like if someone gets close enough someone touches it moves it picks it up something like that it'll repeat the phrase you said so like you can, there's a lot of uses for it. You can actually make an alarm kind of if you don't have the alarm spell. Like if someone walks through here, scream. You just scream into the doll, and then it'll scream when someone walks in there. <laughs> I like the concept. Yeah. That'd so be freaky. You're very it, uncanny it doll. Yeah. Very uncanny valley. <laughs> reach for the sky. <laughs> oh boy. I don't want to reach for the sky. Well, reach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. That was it. I wanted to just kind of bring up the concept. I thought it was a fun thing. Um, but I've also been told that um, hearing me get upset is something that uh, a lot of people enjoy. So Yeah, it's actually really funny that you brought up magic items, uh, Clay. Oh, boy. That <laughs> happens to be today's topic for um, Two Lies and a Truth. Thank which, goodness. Um, for the uninitiated is the segment where um, I read out three things. Um, one of them is a wizard-licensed thing that you can find in a book of theirs. And the other two um are not i just made them up and uh yep 
that's that's pretty much all there is about that. Wow. Um, <laughs> so, so um, uh, I'm going to be reading those out now. Um, awkward transition. Cool. Hey, uh, nailed it. Uh, okay. So yeah, like I said, the topic um, for this week is uh, magic items. So here we go. Um, there is a magic item that's literally just a sentient rope that basically slithers around like a snake, and it can communicate telepathically with whoever it's attuned to. Okay. Yep. Um, the second one is that there is a minor magical item that is a cork, and whenever you put it into a bottle or container, it instantly refills it with its original contents if they were non-magical. So um, you ran out of ink. Slap okay. a cork in there, refills your ink bottle. Run out of wine, slap it in there, refill your wine bottle. Pretty cool. Um, run out of wine. And then the third one is that there's a magical orb that um, gives you wisdom, uh, dark vision, uh, but it's cursed, and it causes it to put out all fires within 30 feet of you. Wait. What? There's yeah. a lot going on right there. That, w- that one had uh, a few layers to it. Uh-huh. All right. Um, I can read through them again geez. if you'd like. <laughs> no, I, th- I think I've got it. Okay. Uh, this time so I think I'm good. <laughs> um, they're all ridiculous. I think let's just – let's go with my gut. It's sa- the one that sounds the most ridiculous to me at least is the, the slithery snake rope, and I want that to exist really bad. I'm going to say that that's real. All right. 100%. Uh, well, let's get some other opinions before we move on to reveal the answer. Um, so, uh, Bree, which one do you think uh, is real out of those three? I think the cork is real. Hmm. Why? I think I just want it to be real, and I would assume <laughs> that no, just having a for me. <laughs> I'd be like, "Why is the rum gone? Oh wait, it's never gone because I have the cork, and it's really filling my rum." Um. And the other one just, I don't know, it intimidated me. It seemed, it seemed like there was a lot going on. And uh, I don't want to jump on the same train as Clay, so I'm going to go with the court. Oh. Hey, I could be right sometimes. Yeah, you can. <laughs> what about you, Joey? I, you know, I think rope because I know Wizards loves the ropes. It's a lot of rope-based stuff. They really do. Yeah, like more than you would think. It's a versatile but tool. It really is, you know. You need rope, rope. You need uh, string that plus a small mean, rope. Just imagine. Key rope got you. Exactly. Just imagine having a pet rope. That's all I'm saying. It'd be pretty cool. Right. Imagining well, it. <laughs> loving it. With that, uh, right? we'll go back to Clay. So, Clay, you said magical snake rope, final answer. Final answer. All right. <laughs> well, it seems that the world has returned to balance because once again, Clay, you are incorrect. No! <laughs> no! As much as I would love magic snake rope to be real, uh, the correct answer was the orb of the veil, um, which um, is an onyx sphere which bears deep spiraling grooves and dangles from an iron chain. While the orb is on your person, you gain the following benefits. Your wisdom score increases by two, as does your maximum's wisdom score. Um, oh, you get dark vision out to a range of 60 feet and if you already have it it increases your dark vision range by 60 more feet you get advantage on uh, finding hidden doors and paths but you're cursed um, so that you never want to part with the orb 
uh, and you keep it on your person at all times, and all non-magical flames within 30 feet of you automatically extinguish, and fire damage dealt by you is halved. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, That's I appreciate cool. that you came up with the cork. Yeah. I like the snake rope, and snake I'm going to write yeah. a letter to Wizards of the Coast. I think it should be canon. So, um, Wizards hire me. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Wizards, uh, he, he could use the job. Man, it's just spitting out ideas. Oh, and by the way, that's from um, Explorer's Guide to Wild Mount. If anyone wanted to look that up in a source book, so no, I don't want to. Do it. Would there, would there be different types of snake ropes? Would there uh, be like a silk rope snake? If I had it my way, yes, hundred percent. That's pretty amazing. Brian, you should write your own source book. That's all I'm saying. Do sure. it. Dude, Matt Mercer did it. How hard can it be? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, apologies to Matt Mercer for this bunch. Um, I, I, I think it's a lot tougher than what they give it uh, credit, but I mean, we're young, we're naive. Uh, Explorer's Guide to Wild Mount is Matt Mercer's source book, and it's so true. he created the Orb of the Veil. So there thanks, you go. Matt Mercer. <laughs> you're, like you're on my list. <laughs> oh. Oh man. Well, I uh I uh, I like this. I I, I like this uh, segment uh, just because it it causes us to to really think about things and to you know consider what's what's out there, what you know, what could we possibly see. Uh maybe uh maybe we'll come up uh, with the uh, role for insanity uh, guidebook. Um do not expect anything of any substance. <laughs> and everything will be pretty much um, crazy, but uh, yeah, we'll work on that. We'll see what we can do. But uh, I like it. I I did too. I did too. Um, and, uh, did I think uh, I heard Bree a little earlier uh, with some questions? Yeah, I did. Um, it was actually for the DMs, and it was kind of a reference to the episode that we uh, did last week. And this one was more about preparing for your first campaign. Um, I did a deep dive on Reddit uh, earlier in the week, and there was a post on r slash D&D, and this person is Skeldal, the necromancer, and what he posted was, ask me hard questions to help me prepare. And um, the whole post is, so I'm essentially three days away from DMing my first 5e session and self-written adventure. I've read both the DMG, MM, and PHB from cover to cover twice. Ask me hard questions to help me make sure I actually know myself well enough to know uh, to answer on the fly. So I thought that was really impressive. Uh, I thought that I feel like I would do something like that to feel more prepared and reassure myself that I can DM. I don't know if you guys have done anything like that or have heard of that where people are like, just ask me hard questions, see how much I know, and test my knowledge. Interesting. Uh, that's really smart. I like it. It is. Yeah. Find that post. It could make me cry, though. <laughs> They'd ask me hard questions I couldn't answer. Um, some of them, obviously, I'm a new player, so I don't, I don't know any of these. But to give you an idea on some of the questions, let's see here. One of them was asking what the purpose of a rubber duck was. And they had a detailed answer on different classes. So one of the responses was for a ranger, it's to use to measure how calm a body of water is. 
for a fighter, it's to use as a diversion. And so there was just like back and forth and there was a lot of feedback. And I thought that was, I don't know, I thought that was good for him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys have seen that or done anything like that or what made you feel more prepared to start your first campaign. So it'd be Kevin and Ryan specifically. Um, well, <laughs> I definitely didn't quiz myself on anything. I can tell you that much, but I also probably went into my first session extremely unprepared. So <laughs> I guess it even depends on what you consider my first session to be, because I was running like tabletop style games before I even got into D&D. So, um, yeah. Um, I would just say, don't worry about it too much. Um, just, just wing it, and hopefully you have a cool group of people with you that doesn't know any better. Because <laughs> that's how I did it. <laughs> Pray that there are no other DMs. Yeah. Uh, I'll judge you silently. Well, I pretty think... much... Go ahead, Joey. Oh, I, I'm just saying, I was just going to say, if you're starting out as a DM, and like, I think if you have uh, good players, like either if they're new or just like experienced but understanding, I think it'd be fine if you just know the basics and kind of go based off common sense because it's pretty, pretty related to that. I think it is, if and just, like, it, figure it, it out. And breed. I mean, basically, if you're playing, I'm guessing you're going to be with um, some, you know, experienced players. And like right. I said, you know, we had discussed that, you know, maybe, um, you know, either shadowing a DM or doing a co DM where he's giving you most of the information where he can show you where things are, or she can show you where things are. Um, that's, uh, that's a great way to start. But uh, you know, if, if it just keep in mind that you, this is a story and the mechanics are, you know, very, very important to a point, but they're not the most important, uh, you know, the whole, you know, the rubber duck that, I mean, that's great. Uh, but you don't have to have that much memorized. You, if you know, yeah. you're trying to do that, it's going to make you uncomfortable because you're going to feel unqualified because you don't know everything in a book. Nobody knows everything in the book. You just need to be out there. And this is, you're weaving a story and that's what it comes down to. You know, I don't care, you know, who you are as a DM. If the story's not good, your characters aren't going to get involved in it. You can't immerse them in, you know, uh, in just uh, numbers. You've got to have a story. And as long as your story's good, they're not going to care. And you can kind of wander. You can or you're not wander. You can kind of um, navigate them through that. And like Joey said, if you, you know, if, if you're starting out, if they're not, you know, you know, willing to, you know, give you the, the room you need to grow, man, that's not the group you want to start out with. That's, you know, those are characters that, you know, I mean, I know there's some hardcore characters, but man, that's just that that would be really cruel, you know, to just you know, to lay into your um, DM on their first time. And the thing is, is I like it because, you know, first time DMs, they sometimes they come up with the craziest, best things that, you know, that no other DM would even think about just because there's they don't have the box. You're not in that box, you know, just do your own thing. You're, you will be a fantastic DM, and I'm ready to play. So, you know, just let me know when. We'll switch. You know, we can do that tonight, you know. If you're ready, we're good. But, uh, just yeah. Just go for I mean, it. Just got to do it. I got a story yeah. idea for you if you want it. Pitch to me, Pitch it to me. Okay. And, All right. And remember, like I said, and that's the one thing I will tell every DM, your characters are going to break everything you have. 
uh, anything that you want them to do, nine times out of ten, they will do everything but that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Got it. If you remember, you guys went down into the catacombs and down below, and you know, within like 60 feet, you found the exit and you're out. And that was it. It was done. <laughs> Do you know how much work I put into that? <laughs> well, Do you know how much? Back there this session, so. I was going to say there's <laughs> there's so much stuff down there, but uh, you know that's just that's what happens. Uh, you know, and, and just keep it fresh and keep it fun. And it really doesn't mean you don't have to know everything, um, but you do need to read and just kind of have the basics down. Like Joey said, as long as you know the basic um, the way that things work and, you know, most of the players, you know, I mean, Ryan can, you know, he'll interrupt and, you know, let me know when I've got things maybe missed, uh, you know, mixed up. Uh, sometimes I forget, you know, certain things. There's so much going on that, uh, you know, if the, the players can, they can help you. Mm -hmm. So like I said, when you're ready, you just let us know. We'll, you know, we'll give you your first run. We could do a real small mini campaign, maybe two or three sessions and see how you, you like it and see if you want to continue. I mean, we'll give you that opportunity any day of the week. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to read the book. I like for myself, I know that this person, they read cover to cover twice. I don't know if I would go, you know, to that extent, but I, I do want to read the book and feel like I can Just, say that I know the basics. I think, I think the most important thing, you know, is like skill checks, abilities, how you could use them. So like you can improvise properly without it. I just need to let you know, I haven't even read through the entire DMG for 5th edition, <laughs> so and I've been DMing for uh, okay. over a year. For the That's reassuring. So, it's I, like, I can't even read. I think wow. it's, it's better to think of the books less as like rules or things that you need to know at all times and more as like a reference. Yeah. So okay. If you're familiar where everything is and you can look it up quickly then that's right. probably good enough. Or if you just have a light understanding of basically mm. everything. An approximate so, knowledge of most things. Yes, exactly. And get that's, the that's a uh, lot more doable. Yeah. Get the DM screen. Yeah. That yeah. is a that is an actually a very valuable um, tool. They have a lot of the basic information on the DM screen. Um, yeah, it's it's it, it it they're not that expensive. I'm I'm guessing we probably have some somewhere um, that we could probably pull up, and I think it's just a really really nice thing to have, just so that uh, you know it it hides you from the players. Like especially if you want to do dice rolls without them being able to see, you know, in your first round you probably want to do that. Uh, you're going to want to, you'll probably run whatever the, the dice is. You won't, you know, feel comfortable fudging at some point you will, but you know, at first you probably won't. And it just, it gives you a place to hide your dice rolls and it gives you all the information on the backside and just kind of gives you your little, you know, space. So yeah. I wonder how many times a first time DM has run a campaign and they just followed every dice roll and they accidentally TPK'd. <laughs> it just really worked out that way. I, I can guess that. I bet a lot. I bet yeah. a lot, you know. I mean, I've played campaigns where, you know, we've had first or second level characters. And, uh, you know, uh, and before the, you know, challenge rating was even a thing, uh, you know, the DM had put a few too many in. And, uh, you know, we'd be killed by a group of kobolds. Now, that's <laughs> embarrassing, you know. So, but I mean, I it think, happens. 
I think the best okay. thing you could learn from that Reddit post is that you'll never be ready. Hmm. Yeah. It's like parenting. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. yeah, preparing for a kid, preparing for you know, I'll yeah. wait until this. Okay, so it's just I can do some homework, but it's not necessarily gonna make no. or break my campaign. No, not not as a first time. Now, if you're, you know, like I said, I have been in some very large campaigns, um, three DMs, twenty players. You know, I mean, things like that where you really have to know everything because things are, you know, there's so much going on at a given time. They have to kind of be, you know, you have to be ready for anything. But you know what? You're not going to do that. Not your first time. Not, not going right. to swim with the big sharks. Yeah. And and if you do, <laughs> heaven help you. So, <laughs> so well, yeah, I think that's a, that was, a, that's a good one. And like I said, we definitely want to get, uh, get you to the point of DMing. Uh, same with you, Clay and Joey, you know, we want you guys to feel comfortable being able to do that so that we can swap out too. I mean, I have no problem you know, staying with the campaign as long as you guys are still entertained and enjoying it. But if any time you guys want to give it a try, I don't even have a problem bringing you in and uh, doing a, you know, letting you shadow while I'm actually running this one as well. So, but keep that in mind. Yeah. Well, that, it, that we've kind of run out of time. We were chatty today. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> been a fun week i guess yeah i mean man two weeks of things to talk about for me you know again i I could keep going (laughs) joey joey has discovered coffee in case anyone hasn't hasn't (laughs) i've been drinking coffee for far too long (laughs) oh well well, we're gonna have to call it for this week uh but uh thank you again for uh coming by and and listening to us and uh again if you have any comments or suggestions Please let us know. We you know we want this to be you know a, a podcast that uh, everybody can enjoy. Um, I know that we enjoy it ourselves, just getting on here and chatting. But uh, we would love to have your input as well. So, with that, I am going to say goodbye to my fellow D and Ders, and we will see you next week. Bye bye.